0: I do material. think rules are actually a very important aspect of play. Play <laughs> has to have rules and aspects to it. As a child or adult is playing, there are boundaries that are set in it. Yes. In this specific game, no, we don't, like, mm. this poison <laughs> this doesn't actually kill you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that's a rule we're all kind of playing by that standard that, like, well, if everybody dies, and we can't play the this game
1: anymore. This is a anymore. good topic. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a great topic. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott.
0: And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 87.
1: Bam, bam, bam. It is a
0: tabletop drum roll episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Play.
1: Play. Play, play, This This is in our wheelhouse. It's like... We recently did listening. I think all mm. these things go together. Listening, curiosity, play. Yep. All of that. You know? There's there's something
0: Creativity. That, creativity. There's
1: something that keeps the
0: grabbing act, our what attention. What we're doing here, this mm-hmm. whole... Actually, what we're doing here is mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. has been a topic we have been thinking about for a while. Yeah. And then... Did, was it you who suggested it?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know who suggested suggest it, it, it but I think both
0: of us were like, yep. Yeah. Like, play, very absolutely. excited. 100%. So, this is so, so fun. Mm. Big excitement energy. It seems,
1: it does seem like an episode that will have legs, like that we will keep doing.
0: Mm-hmm. This is probably true because
1: I, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm not, I'm not prepared as much as I would like. Like I am very prepared, but sounds <laughs> so fine. Like uh, I want. I have to read a book. Everybody, don't worry. Um, no, there's some concepts that I was introduced to this week that I'm not fully. I'm not fully able to articulate, but but I do have enough to talk about for sure.
0: Yeah, and I feel... So my job is working at a school that is play-based curriculum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I have the fact that I am spend all my day playing and observing children playing. That is like the lens in which I'll be approaching it, but I do feel like it is... I'm like, oh, but I still have so much to learn about play. Mm-hmm. Like I do this all day, every day. and But I'm young and in the field and it's clear there is so much to uncover with what's happening in play and it's such a rich, rich space to be in. So I am like, I don't even feel prepared to talk about play because, I, <laughs> I'm, because I'm like, Shut it down. Play is so beautiful and powerful and it does feel like one of those things that's just like, wow. Oh. <clears throat>
1: It's true. I, I, so let's try to get a little bit about w- what it is and why we're talking about it. Because I think 10 years ago, 8 years ago, 6 years ago, if somebody said, oh, we're going to talk about play, and I saw that as a podcast episode, I'd be like, w- w- tennis? Like, <laughs> I, that, so, that would have been, like, the image that came to mind. Like, yeah, yeah. cards? <laughs> is that what they're going to talk about? Like, the idea of playing a game? And, and that's, that is is, Partially. It, it does. But I don't know. We're talking about it more in, like, a meta way and also more of, like, a clinical way. Like what what is play, like breaking it down, breaking uh, maybe it down, a like more
0: like a also theoretical way
1: theoretical way, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not like like what is actually happening when you get involved in a game, what is psychologically flow, flow
0: creativity, all these things, yeah, we had a person today coming in talking about play and flow and the relationship they have, and I was like, ah, perfect, my
1: mind. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this is something that's just in terms of the overall arc of my life come into my field of vision fairly recently. Mm-hmm. like thinking thinking about play in a deeper way
0: yeah I don't think that yeah growing up I had a sense of place power maybe, well, I don't know I but feel like really I was in sports a, which I was really in sports but I also feel like I had a very rich childhood that like I had a lot of neighbors and like friends that grew up around me and I feel like I had that like kind of quintessential I could be playing anytime I wasn't at school
1: me too actually
0: so hmm. I always had a high value around play and always felt like I that was I think I think being in spaces where I could play and be a kid and do all of that has helped me today. So I've always felt good vibes around it.
1: You want to look something up?
0: Should I should we try and define what is play? Let's try. So the f- definition on just dictionary dot com. Make sure
1: to talk close to your I am just making sure. I'm just making sure. <laughs> I'm the one that has to go back and listen to those
0: <laughs> <ladies>. <laughs> Um, Engage in activity for enjoyment and recreation rather than a serious or practical purpose.
1: Oh well, that's good. That's actually good. I right? don't think
0: it's good. Really?
1: No. So can you read it again?
0: Engage in an activity for enjoyment and recreation rather than a serious or practical purpose.
1: I, I, okay, I, I give it. I give it a. I give it personally. I give it a B minus. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a decent.
0: I'm triggered by some words that are in there.
1: Okay. What are some words?
0: Like it's saying it can't be serious when I think play is very serious.
1: Oh, well now we're getting into it, <laughs> right? Now we are that, getting that into it. That is an
0: aspect of play. That M- is part of
1: maybe, it. Maybe, maybe not. So we're getting into some like.
0: <laughs> I disagree. I think.
1: Well, so so <laughs> this is great. Okay. so So let me get this straight. You're saying play is a very serious thing.
0: Yes, and I definitely think it can be. I don't think it's juxtaposed with, rather than a serious or practical purpose, like I'm not saying play is always serious, but don't tell me play in its very definition is not being serious because I think there are very serious aspects to play and play should be taken seriously.
1: Okay, I hear what you're saying and I think I understand. (laughs) So let let me just offer another thought to that. I do think the idea and the activity of play is a serious idea and a serious activity, like in the sense that it's important, Mm
2: -hmm. you know?
1: So it's not trivial. It may be the most important. So, in that sense, it's serious. But in order to enter into play, it seems like you have to not be so serious about it. I disagree. Really?
0: Think about playing sports.
1: Yeah, very that's seriously.
0: True. You take it very seriously. Think about playing a game where you're a doctor uh, and you're in charge of your patient, and you take that very seriously. What the role I like, is, how you're doing. I it. I really,
1: really <laughs> like where this conversation is going already. Because no, I, you're right. You're right.
0: I know I'm right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even, I don't even have a pushback. It's an addition. It's like how how. How does one get to the serious place of taking the role-playing of a doctor?
0: I feel like it's pretty easy to enter into that.
1: But we're really in uncharted territory right now, and I love that this is... I'm really pumped right now about how right off the bat we're... In this space. I think
0: about my kids who come in and they're making art projects, which is play. Right now... They're taking their projects completely seriously. Yes. And wor- when I sit down and I sit with a canvas, I'm in a whimsical mood. I'm in a certain s- state. It is play for me, but it is also serious. There is a level of severity.
1: <laughs> right now, <laughs> I'm taking this conversation very seriously, which is playful, right? Right. Um. But... I don't know. Yeah, the
0: podcast.
1: The podcast. This is, <laughs> this play, is play, and we're all so
0: serious about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so maybe what we're saying is, is is, is it a yin and yang thing? Like, I, I will say, this is like a teaser to, to something we're going to talk about later with this book I read this week uh, from Donald Winnicott, who's known as like the the father figure of whatever that means, of um, child psych, child psychoanalysis or something. <laughs> really interesting guy. Um But he his big thing that he keeps talking about in terms of play, like a core concept for him, is that a paradox always has to be held in tension. Like paradoxes in a child's mind and even an adult's mind should not, in certain cases, be resolved.
0: Hmm. And so
1: I wonder if this is a symbol. Do you have an example of this? Oh, I will get lost if I try. Okay, that is
0: this. That is interesting.
1: I mean, paradox
0: is like the crux of like the idea of something that's unknown and mystic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't know. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, play,
1: unknown and mystic. I mean, see, here's, here's the attempt at trying to describe the thing that someday I'll get, and, and I, I I then I will explain it nice and succinctly. But like from a core early age for children, he's trying to describe, like Winnicott is the person that came up with this concept of a transitional object, which I won't even get into right now. So if that means something to you, great. But oh, I, okay. You want me to describe I that? Do. I kind of do. don't want to get too lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a transitional object, for, every, for Winnicott, everything has to do with, like, the mother's breast. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first object that a child has a relationship with. And then a weaning process involves some sort of object that is thought to be, I mean, he uses the word magic a lot. Like, hmm. a breast is magically controlled by the child, hmm. and he doesn't, or she doesn't, or... The baby doesn't <laughs> uh, view it as something outside of itself. It views it as an extension of itself that okay. it controls. Okay. Um, and the transitional object, whether it's a teddy bear or a blanket or a piece of string or something, um, weans the child off of
0: hmm. the breast. The magical object. Yeah. That's really But
1: what play comes... So that's a transitional object. Everything for Winnicott starts with the transitional object, and that's where play starts for him. Huh. So then eventually... I'm doing a decent job explaining this, but I'm, I'm probably messing it up a little bit. As um, one does. after. As one about. does. <laughs> but um, so, so here, here's the concept that I haven't fully grasped yet. There is an internal world and an external world okay. for all of us, but definitely for a child in the early stages. Um, it seems as if what I'm he- hearing and trying to understand is that the breast initially blurs the lines.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, and there's a, there's, there's a symbolic meaning locked away inside of all of our heads. And play with external objects starts to merge the internal and the external environment. Okay. And this is where he's saying the paradox should not be resolved. Like in that or in those early stages, what is, is this internal or is it external? Is this thing that I am, like to a certain extent, um, the, the transitional object or the string or the blanket uh, represent an internal symbol, maybe the mother's breast that's getting placed or transferred, transfer transference onto this object. That's helping take pl- the place of this. Okay. And so this is where play and creativity come is like, I'm manifesting my internal world into hmm. the external world. Is the internal world, my external world, which is which, you know, like, and this is where I'm sort of getting lost a little bit in terms of like, what are we talking about? But he's like, <laughs> Don't maybe it's not important to differentiate between the internal and external, you know, or what's real and what isn't real.
0: Yeah, the internal you know? is the external.
1: Is that, <sighs> yeah? But I mean, I only brought that up because it seems like what we're talking about is maybe we're trying to resolve a paradox that shouldn't be resolved. Like,
0: maybe I just think it's a bad definition. I just think dictionary.com did a bad job defining it,
1: but it brought up something for us about this serious thing, yeah? Because I do think. I can't I can't treat the podcast or this conversation flippantly or we would never get any traction. Like right. I have to I have to
0: play involves investment.
1: I have to engage, engage as if this matters and yeah. it does. Um however, if I'm overly invested and overly serious, it's going to not be a fun experience. It's we're going to we're going to be angry at each other and um yeah. not enjoy it if I'm like And I mean, even personally, I think probably in my life that's led to some complications in a lot of relationships. Yeah. Like I was too serious. Hmm. And I needed to be a little bit lightly. Yeah. And it's interesting that I would have thought up until probably this very moment, I would have thought let's be more playful would have been a coded way of saying let's be less serious. But that's probably not the best way.
0: Yeah. I just don't think there's a good dichotomy there. And I get frustrated because I think that definitions like this Mm. and the way we think of play undermines it in that way because the child and adults are taking play seriously when they're engaging in it.
1: I think, I think this is a mental block for me in sports. And even right here in this moment, I think I'm having a re- realization about sports.
0: What is it? Cause I, I think,
1: sports. I think some, I think some people that were maybe too serious for lack of a better phrase, ruined it a little bit for me growing up sports yeah but but now what i know to be true about play especially during this last week in terms of getting involved and invested and lost yeah it is a little bit like acting in the sense that you do need to allow yourself to be sort of taken over by the game and that there's a lot of pleasure and mm-hmm. joy in that
0: you get lost in it yeah when i play sports i get to be someone else in that and i feel bad that, that
1: probably again up until this moment i might have been fairly judgmental of people that let themselves get lost in sports hmm. and i f- yeah. feel convicted
0: as a person <laughs> who habitually gets lost in sports <laughs> i could not judge people who get lost in yeah, sports yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah you can't for sure but i'm feeling convicted right now hmm. <laughs> interesting yeah i mean i am judgmental about the industry i'm judgmental about football yeah, you know, I mean, I
0: can I, I don't watch sports, but I I have a hard time judging people who are invested in their sports because I get I have a very like code switch competitive Macy that comes out when I'm playing code sports, switch. so it yeah. happens. It's good. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, we didn't even really get that far into this. We we just no. read a description what online. What is play? Yeah. Yeah.
0: What uh, what serious. is play? I don't even know how I would define play. So did
1: that definition say don't not too serious?
0: It said. Say it
1: it again. Say it again.
0: Now that we've had some thoughts around it. Engage in activity for enjoyment and recreation rather than a serious or practical purpose.
1: Okay. 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 I've come around. I've come around. Playing is very practical. It helps in life. Yes, playing yeah. is
0: incredibly practical. Yeah. Yeah. You come around to me being annoyed at this definition. I'm
1: coming around. Yeah. <laughs> I think you convinced me. I <laughs> yes. mean, I will I will maintain my yin and yang mentality that it it can't be over it can't be too serious. But mm-hmm. it is serious. It's both. It's both.
0: Oh, okay, wait. I this is I can I read this definition? Mm-hmm. I'm already intrigued by it. my thoughts around this. This comes from uh, where one second? <laughs> okay, this comes from jo- Johan Huizinga, mm, not doing that well, from his book Homo Ludens. Anyways, wow, play is a free activity standing quite consciously outside ordinary life as being not serious. In quotes,
1: oh, but in at, quotes, changes it,
0: <laughs> but at the same time, absorbing the player intensely and utterly. It is an activity connected with no material interest and no profit can be gained by it. It proceeds within its own proper boundaries of time and space, according to fixed rules and in an orderly manner.
1: Please read That's it interesting. again please read it one more time. Okay, I will. Okay. For me and the audience <laughs>
0: <laughs> Play is a free activity standing quite consciously outside ordinary in quotes, life as being not serious in quotes in quotes but at the same time absorbing the player intensely and utterly. It is an activity connected with no material interest and no profit can be gained by it. It proceeds within its own proper boundaries of time and space according to fixed rules and in an orderly manner. That's a, that's a lofty a definition. a lot of material. Mm-hmm. Lot I of do material. think rules are actually a very important aspect of play. Play has to have rules and aspects to it. As a child or adult is playing, there are boundaries that are set in it. In this specific game, no, we don't, like, Mm. this poison (laughs) doesn't actually kill you, (laughs) you know? Like, that's a rule we're all kind of playing by that standard that, like, well, if everybody dies, then we can't play the game anymore. This is a
1: good topic. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's a great topic. (laughs) I mean, I wonder I wonder how your experience with Dungeons and Dragons informs this conversation. Oh,
0: Dungeons and Dragons is such Oh, it's so fun and it's <laughs> so good.
1: I've never played but Oh, I,
0: you get to be characters, you get to yeah. be role playing, you get to act things out. I mean, I think we're all play is a place where we can all exist as both ourselves but in a situation that is not our quote unquote ordinary life as Mm -hmm. this thing was bringing up. Mm -hmm. Like it allows us to step outside or step into something else Mm. and imagine a different way and imagine scenarios and putting yourself in those scenarios and having to like act in them. I mean, when you're doing that, you do that in sports and you go and play like that's what you're doing. Mm. I don't know.
1: I'm feeling a lot of, uh, tonight in this conversation, I'm feeling a lot of conviction (laughs) (laughs) and, and a lot of uh, maybe some grief. Maybe some grief. What do you mean? I, I, I feel like my, f- my Enneagram 5-ness has... I just Stop had you a, from playing? I just had an image come to my mind. Um, oh, oh I, well, this is weird because it was just an image and now I realize what the image was. But I always feel that an Enneagram 5's true patron saint is Scrooge. <laughs> and I was just remembering... <laughs> Like the 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 movie I grew up watching was called Scrooge and Albert Finney played Scrooge and it was a musical. That's the one I grew up on. I think everybody grew up on their own Scrooge movie. Yeah. But um, he take he gets taken back in time by the ghost of Christmas Past, and he's watching all these kids play, and he's off in his own little boarding school room, mm-hmm. watching through the windows. And she's like, "You never wanted to join in." He's like, "I couldn't, I couldn't join him," and he doesn't really have an explanation why. Hmm. But I feel similar about my stance towards life. It's like I'm always kind of observing from the outside and being like, "Wow, so cool that you guys like to dance or play games or play sports." And but I'm I'm in here doing the more serious quote unquote work of Mm. thinking about play and thinking about sports and offering my critiques of that. Critiquing the
0: things that these people are doing. Yeah, and that's that's not that's not
1: a that's not a good way to live. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling convicted.
0: Oh, Scott.
1: I mean. Yeah, everybody's out there having fun, and I've definitely <laughs> this <is> getting <laughs> so sad about it. <laughs> definitely had fun. Well,
0: but you were doing your own. I'm. I'm reading as a form of play. It is.
1: It is. But maybe, maybe, what I'm feeling convicted about and wanting to repent of <laughs> is sort of my 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 judgy <laughs> stance judgment. on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you're like, oh, they're actually doing some really like yeah. important good work by right. doing that. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think uh, a message to grown-ups out there with yeah. that are involved with children like their playing is gold. There's the like is doing so much work and goodness for them mm. and they're learning so much socially, emotionally. Got to
1: get them in the classroom, got to get them to teach, take those tests. Yeah. Gotta, that's gotta, what's gotta good, good for them. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah. I think also I think, I
0: think most families probably value play too. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a general thing. I grew up with a family that really valued play.
1: Me yeah. too when I think about it. Yeah. I'm really thinking about that. I was really thinking about that today in terms of like we may we may get to our play journeys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we're doing a reverse. We might get to journeys at the end depending on energy levels. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're not doing an outline tonight. Uh, maybe <laughs> we're just getting right into the conversation. But um another thing I was thinking and this kind of applies to the stuff I was reading this week is that is, is what we've been talking about? It's like the idea of getting lost in play, and even how it correlates to the podcast. Yeah. And there was a patient, and this does seem to be a, a typical of an enneagram five, but I'm sure all types could relate to this. Yeah. Of of like not being in the room, like the most real thing are the thoughts in your head. Yeah. And he had lots of patience that he was talking about with us. And I just kept writing Enneagram 5 on the side. <laughs> where it's like, you could tell like when he gave her free reign to... Because he has all these case studies yeah. to, to describe what's going on internally. She's like not in the room. Hmm. She's thinking about something that happened in the past, a future, or an idea.
0: But not what's around her.
1: Yeah, and it seems like play really brings you to the present. Like, you're here.
0: I do think... I mean, it's an active thing. I think mm-hmm. play is active. Whether mm-hmm. that be, I guess, maybe in your mind, but I think, yeah, I don't but know. Probably
1: less so in your mind. I mean,
0: I know. Like, I do think reading can be a form of play, but I, it is, I don't know, and sitting with your thoughts, I don't want to count that as not playing. Right. But there is something about active play, especially social play, too, mm-hmm. I think, where it's like something really like, profound is happening in that
1: i mean peter rollins did say something on a podcast last week where he was just talking about i was like yeah that's real i mean a real true practice of like he was saying he's he might be a five i always say he's a four or five um skipping a big party that he was invited to and it wasn't reading It wasn't TV. He really was dedicating his evening to thinking about something. (laughs) (laughs) He had an idea that he needed to really work through. So he would just sit and think He committed himself to sitting on the couch. He said, I sat here for three hours. It wasn't reading. It wasn't journaling. It was like working it out in his head.
0: Interesting. And I was
1: like, I think that is a, a role that running plays for me a lot in my life.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I was
1: just like, just sitting on a couch and thinking that that could be playful if you're really.
0: If you just sit down, and you're like, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Yeah, that's a funny vibe, but I can get behind it. You think he's a four? You're about Donald Miller. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Peter Rollins. Oh, God. I'm so sorry that I accidentally <laughs> thought you were
2: talking about
1: Donald Miller. How dare you? <laughs> that makes confused so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Donald Miller, he's not sitting there. The he's too busy.
2: Yeah, he was a little confused <laughs> sorry, by Sorry, Donald Miller. You don't listen to this. <laughs> like but like he's not
1: um, um, But I, But I, I will just say even for the podcast, like having done 87 episodes now, <sighs> I think 90% of the time, 90%, which is big, which is why I think this – goes well I think for us I'm almost under a spell you know <laughs> and it's the playful aspect yeah no but for both of us I have noticed on certain nights it's at nighttime so it's like we're not morning coffee which is not what I would prefer no, I'm glad we do you. this night time yeah <laughs> um, if I start to yawn I'm like it's almost an indicator like oh I've I've stepped out of the I'm spell. Out of the
0: spell. Yeah. You would, if you were in the spell, you wouldn't be on. Yeah. I
1: start to I I start to think and watch what we're talking about. I get out of it like I'm watching it from above, and I'm like, oh, we're talking about play. Hmm. Macy's saying this thing about play, and I'm saying this, and yeah. it's this time of night, and yeah. I'm in the room, and I'm I can I'm getting meta about it, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I've lost. I'm not. As
0: you do that, I can think about that. Yeah. I get <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying.
1: But I'm not lost in all anymore, and yeah. that's where I started to be like, oh, I'm well, you know, ho hum, you know, I'm not. I don't know why I don't know what it is about that night that causes me to step out of it, but like like as right now, I'm immersed in this topic. <laughs> you are here. You're <laughs> I am with wanting it. Want about play.
0: <laughs> I know. This is I mean, this is just it is something that I started working at this school and at a year almost two years ago, a year and a half ago.
1: Isn't that crazy to think about?
0: It is crazy. It still
1: seems to fresh think to, think to me. And it it is. seems
0: really fresh, and then it also feels. I just feel like I've learned so much. Mm-hmm. Um, they put play at the center of its curriculum, and it's emergent. And we as teachers are our role is to be able to reflect on play and help children to see their play as like this gift that they have, and help children to self-document and self children to like reflect upon what the work they're doing and support it. Mm. Like mm. how cool mm. that my job is to observe children's play and then scaffold it and create rooms where they can continue to explore their play. It's kind of nuts.
1: It's kind of <laughs> perfect for you. I think that's what we should do. I think that's the sign of what's coming next. And I'll just say for an outline's sake next oh, yeah. Macy is going to talk about what it's like to work at Hilltop and the role that pl- play plays.
0: I will probably. Yes. And your reflections. I will yes. I'll just share a few things.
1: And then I think we'll take another break and we'll introduce the concept of psychoanalysis as play. And I think you're going to want to stick around for that. psychoanalysis
0: nice. as play. Yeah, That yeah. is your ultimate yeah. <laughs> concept.
1: And, <laughs> and then, then maybe journeys. Maybe journeys. We'll see how maybe that Maybe baby journeys. <laughs> baby journeys. <laughs> OK. okay. Right when we come back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes. Okay, yeah. I work at a school. We just had a big long break. Everybody, it's so weird. <laughs> and I'm pumped. It up would be about good for
1: Patreon. Our break
0: conversation.
1: We actually take breaks. <laughs> Your the break you experience is 15 seconds. Ours is about 30 minutes of
0: that last one was <laughs>
1: more really crazy conversation. <laughs> Sorry, it's just a bit of a tease.
0: Okay, so I work at this school called Hilltop Children's Center. Mm-hmm. I will not name any children. In this, if I tell stories, sure, gotta be confidential. I don't know. It is really fun, my job. It is very challenging as well, but it's really fun. I work with kids and it is open like the classroom is an open ended space for Mm -hmm. children to play. And the curriculum that we use is emergent curriculum, so it emerges from their play. And our role as teachers is to support their play to play alongside them, to document their play, to reflect upon their play and make meaning out of their play at times.
1: Don't um, don't I imagine as people are listening, they feel that it's good and right and they also probably feel sad that they didn't have that.
0: Well, maybe some people did.
1: Maybe, but most, I would imagine, didn't. I j- certainly didn't.
0: I mean, a lot of a lot of preschool curriculums, I would say, are play-based. So I think I that's part of it. But this is Reggio Emilia. You didn't go to preschool?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> look at look <laughs> a pity that came across your face. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that says a lot about you. No preschool. Mm. I was wondering Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't don't mean to have that. (laughs) That
1: explains it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's actually, this is something, like it brings up multiple things for me because I just think there's so much value in having play spaces at such a young and early age. And there's so much value. We send our
1: kids to Montessori.
0: Right, but but I also just get really convicted about the equity around preschool because it's like, I -hmm. think preschool is so essential and so... Um important for people for humans, and important for society honestly
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so I get frustrated with oh. how unequitable preschool is.
1: Can I say a side note? yes, I also probably want to show you something on a computer eventually, but um <laughs> <laughs> this guy, Winnicott, who we're going to talk about in a little bit in the second part um he he was known for saying the most important thing for society is parents. It's essentially saying, like, all these things we do to set up a structure and stuff, and, like, politics and government and the structures that we have in place are important, but the most important thing that we have is parents because they are the ones raising citizens. Yeah. You know, so, like, let's get these parents nice and supported here (laughs) so they can raise good kids, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I I have con- also mixed feelings because I'm also a little bit here for communal parenting, not being raised. Yeah, by I'm,
1: I'm sure he would agree with that. It's not like just a traditional male and female parent. I mean, people raising kids.
0: I know, but I but I I partially see. I don't know. I think it is our job as citizens to help raise children. I don't think it should be the burden of the parents.
1: Oh. Both. I I have, like,
0: I I don't know. Okay.
1: You also don't want, I imagine you don't want parents just passing the buck on to some sort of, it's both, right?
0: No, but that's true. It's true. I don't know. In my dream world, I'm just, like, reimagining a whole way we're viewing the family structure.
1: Please. Imagine, imagine, imagine.
0: And in that way, I don't see the nuclear family with parent figures having as much, I don't know, I don't know. These are all just.
1: Responsibility?
0: Maybe not necessarily responsibility. I mean, yes. centrality. Centrality. Okay. Maybe that—that's uh, a good word for it. Yeah. Not so much centrality. Anyways. Okay.
1: Side note. Okay. You're so I
0: work at the school and it's amazing, <laughs> and I get to play with kids all day, and I love that. Um, I feel. What were we gonna say?
1: Well, it has been fun getting to know this new you in this role. You really come alive when you debrief your day. You know. <laughs> And it has to do with these kids and these personalities and these, you know, this whole set of circumstances that you're so immersed in. You know, it's true. Yeah. It's true.
0: I I like do feel like I'm very passionate about it. It's like a sitcom. Job. Like
1: I'm so aware of these <laughs> characters now, and like I want to know the next episode and what happened on this 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 season's episode of Hilltop um, with kids. Macy. <laughs> big kids. Oh, this was a big kids episode this week. Whoa. <laughs>
0: Oh, gosh. It's true. Yeah. So I I feel like the best one thing I wanted... um, Words are hard. Mm. There's a lot because I just feel like there's so much that's happening. And I myself have learned so much working at this place that values play so highly. And I feel as a person, I've learned just so much about both myself and honestly the world. And I found a part of myself from observing and playing alongside kids mm. i think i am constantly finding myself being more creative and imaginative and whimsical just because i'm surrounded by these kids and the school i work at just places such an emphasis on the children's like autonomy and their the like way that they see the world mm. and reggio i mean there's this like beautiful poem that i could read this is the Which 100 languages the 100 languages yeah. but it, it puts it really beautifully of like working with these kids is working with the scientists the artists the poets mm-hmm. the storytellers like all of these things these children are doing these things just in their play it's so profound
1: it's so innocent and and that i think we've read oh. that poem several times and it's really had an impact on my life <laughs> but like to say essentially that they're Engaging with reality in a way that ha- doesn't have the same restrictions that yeah. adults experience. Yeah, so and it's... What a beautiful way for us to learn from them, Mm-hmm. you know?
0: And it's out of it comes so many beautiful, wonderful projects, as well as just so much, I don't know, reflection, honestly, of the world around us. Mm -hmm. I think children's play is also fascinating because the games that they play and the things that they imagine are also almost a mirror of society, but it's through a different lens. So it gives us a way to see the present that's maybe sometimes more real Mm. than our convoluted way where we've created all these structures of what we're seeing. Children don't have those structures set up, so they're just seeing things as they are. And their play and their art and their things reflects that.
1: Oh oh oh, I have so many thoughts about that. <laughs> well uh, I mean I mean to say that like we ha- we have a uh, we have I have my thoughts, and then I have my, my assumptions about how people are going to perceive my thoughts, which is maybe something I should not think about, but um,
0: just go for it.
1: We have a way of being in the world that we think is natural and normal generally speaking and then like what you're saying in terms of their play, kids, especially little kids, are mirroring back either some pretty positive or pretty negative ways about the way that we act out in the world mm-hmm. and so their their innocent play could be revealing something about our reality that's innocent not good. I don't
0: I don't love attaching the word innocence to children mm,
1: okay okay um.
0: <sighs> I, yeah, What's I don't a better
1: know. word than innocence? Agenda free? Yeah, I don't think they're trying to make a point. They're not like when I when I draw this picture, it will show my dad that he is being harmful. It just <laughs> it just comes out. Maybe, it just comes yeah. out naturally. It yeah. seems like more naturally. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, maybe subconsciously they're trying to make a point.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't think they're trying to make a point in the same way I'm trying to make a point.
0: That might be true.
1: They're they're. I don't,
0: I don't know exactly what you're trying to say
1: though. Natural maybe is a better word than innocent. Like if you said go out and play, and and just by their play, whether they're drawing or they're playing a game or creating a situation, mm-hmm. they're mirroring back something about like their toxic home life.
0: Yeah, it might and, show up,
1: and they didn't even mean to do it. Right, it just felt natural. Yeah, I don't know about innocent. Um,
0: and it, I mean, that doesn't always show up.
1: No, of course not.
0: Yeah. I think it's... Oh, I have uh, so many thoughts in my brain right now. Because it is also interesting <laughs> thinking about play because it's it's also dramatic. Like, mm-hmm. there's an element of it that's not real. And so there is, like, a flair for the dramatics and there's theater involved. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's like this sometimes, I don't know, like, hyper extension of reality. I don't know. I'm having big thoughts.
1: What are some big thoughts?
0: Well, no, I... <laughs> There's too
1: many. (laughs) Try to pick one. (laughs) Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I feel... This is what I said in the intro. I just feel like there's so much I'm learning about play still. So I'm Mm. just always like... I'm just a novice talking about
1: play. Okay. Well, why don't you try to find or think about...
0: I could tell a story.
1: Yeah. Do that.
0: I could tell of... I just think there's so much uh, like emotional work that's happening in play and there's just so much to be learned from it so to tell a story from please, the class. this please. happened yesterday this is what we're so here it's for. very fun um, i will not name the children's names so i'm just going to randomly say child this or whatever
1: child a and child b yeah
0: so we're in the classroom i'm working with kids that are kindergarten to third graders mm-hmm. and this game took place with i think it was all kindergarten and first graders if i think back to it and this week i'm in the classroom like the central area and I've been kind of playing. There's a restaurant that's developed in the center of the class, like on the stage. Yes. Um, it's this is. I think this was the third day. So it was yesterday. So it was the third day. The restaurant's been happening. I was a <laughs> customer third day at the, the restaurant.
1: Restaurant's been at <laughs> I love it.
0: It's the. It's like. I
1: love that. <laughs> I love that sentence.
0: <laughs> There's three kids who are the like restaurant owners, and they've kind of been there all week. They've and it's it's like. It began first with just a menu, a close sign. There's like a place where you get greeted. They do take Apple Pay. I'll let you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was heard everybody. They take Apple Pay. I I was like, do you guys
0: take Apple Pay? And they're like, yep, we do. And they've they've made uh, like a little register and it beeps. And I used my phone to pay for my meal.
1: Gosh, this is so good.
0: Okay, so that happened on Tuesday, but Wednesday, it's a customer and uh, like a running thing that I've had this week is I have this sea otter and I have it in like a little Bjorn made out of a fabric and the (laughs) sea otter's name is Pearl and it's my baby (laughs) because their restaurant said children like child friendly. (laughs) So I was like, I have to have a child. I feel like to play into this.
1: That's so good. So
0: me and my child, (laughs) uh, my baby sea otter Pearl, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which I, another kid named, and the <laughs> options were seaweed or pearl. And then I was oh, like, pearl. I think I like pearl. pearl. And she was like, I like pearl
1: better, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, a good, that's a good logical choice.
0: So we went there. But then, OK, so I went back the next day. And they were like, so you come to the restaurant? And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. And then this other kid was like, I want to play, too. And I was like, she was like, can I be your daughter? And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. So me and my kid and my baby and are so. at the restaurant. What?
1: Uh, pearl.
0: And Pearl. Pearl. Mm-hmm. 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 So Pearl is getting milk. I'm getting a pizza, a pineapple pizza. I always get pineapple pizza. I am sometimes denied pineapple pizza.
1: Wow. We don't like, have that today?
0: It, yeah, sometimes. Because kids do restaurants often. Yeah. And pizza's a hot item. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always like, can I have pineapple pizza? And sometimes they're like, no, we do not have pineapple We're, pizza. We
1: don't have that. Sorry. Go somewhere else.
0: Um. So it was me my kid and there's two restaurant owners and we're playing and they're getting us our food and then all of a sudden this other kid who was originally in the studio jumps in to join the play and he is a snake and he's come into the restaurant
2: mm. and it's like this snake
0: has come to the restaurant yeah first with this? it's really unclear like what we're gonna do in terms of whose snake this is and at first I thought it was mine and my daughter's snake and this is our
1: pet that we brought this from is home. our pet mm.
0: yeah but then I think As the play played out, it ended up being the shop owner's snake. Mm. Like, that's what became lore, I think. Oh, my
1: snake. Is (laughs) it like my snake got out?
0: The snake is out, it's a venomous <laughs> snake, and then oh. the snake bites my oh, daughter.
1: Uh, oh wow. <laughs> the, s-
0: <laughs> the snake, the kid with the snake, then grabs all these red unifix cubes. You know what unifix cubes are? Mm. They're like mm. little square plastic cubes that you can stack on top of each other, but they're really good for imaginative play. You can make like know, uni- like I was about to have a unifix cube pizza, mm. a unifix cube, like milk in a little mm. cup. They're little okay. cubes. Okay, and so all of a sudden red fix cubes are being spread everywhere because blood. Wow. She's been bitten by this snake.
1: Your daughter? My daughter
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am by the way, I am her mapa and she's going, Mapa, Mapa
1: <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and
0: and then it's like clear that she needs medical attention. She needs medical attention. And so <laughs> All of a sudden the shop owners are now they're now rushing to the center of the circle rug pulling out this table we're stacking blocks Th- up Let me just
1: pause you really quick for some reason I just had to be honest and say I'm picturing adults <laughs> acting this out but I know it's little kids I'm picturing well, I a was show also in, of, it. Yeah.
0: in it but this is this <laughs> is
1: <laughs> snake <bite>. This is <laughs> what's happening <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: elaborate it's intensive like we have this character that comes in we have to be creative what I'm are we going to do in it right now <laughs> It's so good.
1: I'm like, what's going to happen?
0: So we go, we go to the center, of the circle rug, and pull out a blanket, pillows on top. The kid who's been, my kid, mm-hmm. who's been put there, is or who has been bitten, is laying on there. All of a sudden, the two shop owners are now doctors. They're taking
1: care oh, of Oh, right. We're doctors now. Step aside. They're Actually, the whole care. time we've been doctors.
0: we are taking care of her. One of the kids <laughs> has handed me a... Uh, like a phone case we have a phone <laughs> case, <is> so <laughs> the case They've like this is your phone and so they're like Ca- we'll call you when we have something so <laughs> that's so good <laughs> so then i go walk around and they're like attending to my daughter these doctors she's like completely I also
1: sounds slightly asmr-ish I'm oh like, oh attending to your daughter
0: this scene this was a very dramatic play it was little it wasn't here. super gentle although doctor play like is often very yeah. like oh do to do, do your temperature, but yeah. this was like she's been bit by a snake. Emergency. To come on, out. we gotta
1: fix it. Exactly. Snake blood.
0: And so then they call me, and this one kid is like, I think you're gonna need to come in. So they come in, <laughs> I'm like, just like I'm walking from one area of the classroom to the <laughs> other.
1: I, I don't know what my feelings about this are. I, I mean, slight, slight jealousy. Like, this is a real <laughs> vibe.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> so I walk. This week, especially because this is our topic. And then also, I just think playing with kids is the best thing. Like, I'm learning a lot about them. They're learning a lot about me. We're engaging in a really sweet, mm-hmm. special way. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good to engage with my kids in this way. So I try to play with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I try. They've taught me, get creative. Anything mm-hmm. goes. Mm-hmm. Kind of. There's certain limits. And of you course, realize that within it. Of course. There has to be. Right. Because, like, the snake, the snake eventually got put in a cage. Like, having a snake loose the whole yeah. game. Can't have a snake we the whole game. Yeah,
1: this is limiting our ability to create. Like right. everything involves this snake. Everything we do is the snake. You know.
0: I know. Yeah. So eventually they call me back.
1: I'm having some pizza. Snake. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Talking to my friend. Whoa, snake! <laughs> snake.
0: Well, but the snake was the true like climax of this. Yeah. So we go back. Maybe we go back. We're at the hospital. They call me. They're like, "Hey, come back in." And <laughs> this one kid was very satisfied to be like, "It looks like." She's going to die. We oh do not gosh. have a cure for this. I blah, have a blah, twist
1: blah. to this whole story.
0: And this other kid was like, we could try the magical potion, but it doesn't always work. And so they try it. And oh, we're like, is it going to work? And they're like, we'll introduced. call you when we find out. Which is so funny that they like, the part of the game was that I, as the like mapa, had to like go away. And then like, they would call me. And, and that man, was part we'll of it. We'll call you.
1: See, so they, a side note on play. Something's happening there, right?
0: Yeah. What is it?
1: Was their perception of adults and cell phones, and what are we learning about how they perceive? Like, you get called, or now we're taking back control as kids through our play. You sit over there because we're. I mean, there's right. Well, and it's like
0: it's fun to call. It feels very serious to call something like a doctor would do. You hear that phrase, yeah, and then you have to like go back. There's part of like the journeying back,
1: yeah, and so I eventually
0: get called back. They've tried this life potion and it didn't work. My daughter has died. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> and so what's being said there?
0: What are we going to do? And I was like, oh, my gosh, my daughter. And the doctors were like, we have to bury her. We have to get a grave, and we have to bury her. And I was like, okay. So they get another blanket, and they wrap her up in this other blanket and bring her over to this other area. And then at this point, <laughs> she's died and moved over there. And then another kid came up to me and was like, this is too intense. Like, I like don't for like real, this like game. stepping out of it. Like this kid who wasn't playing the game yeah. watched it and was I'm like, watching this, this is too th- much. You
1: guys are out of control. I don't
0: like, which was like very emotionally shaken by watching this. Which happen is also
1: in the game. sort of playing a, a parent role over this whole thing. Like stepping in and being like, Hey, okay, okay, kids. No,
0: no. It was like came up to me and was like, Hey, I don't like that. I just watched that game. I'm feeling really upset about yeah, it. Yeah. And like had a hard time handling this, like this death that had happened. But it's really interesting because some.
1: But that, but I'm telling you, that still feels parental. Like I think, I think parents step into play that makes them uncomfortable, and and reveals something that they don't want to have to deal with.
0: Interesting. You know, you saying like a parent might say like, don't don't pretend to be dying or whatever.
1: Yeah. Or 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 don't play that video game. Anything that just is like, don't watch that show. Don't watch that inappropriate thing. You know, like.
0: Uh, yeah, I do think that there, especially when it comes to like outside media, mm-hmm. that's something to be limited. But I do think within play. I was listening to a podcast about like evil in play, and this isn't necessarily evil, mm. but I do think play allows us to explore these darker things, to explore death, to like, what would it be like? How do you feel I about totally it? I totally agree. And then I continued to, ha- so it brought up this other conversation with that kid who was upset about it, and it tells me a lot about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of outside, like, it, this play brought up a lot because yeah. it brought up a lot of emotions for certain kids who had this kind of put in front of them. Also, a few of the kids who are playing this game, I know that they have experienced death and had to, mm. like, I know that they've, That's they what have Have language around it. Because
1: the last time we talked about Hilltop here on the podcast was about the death of the bird.
0: The death of the bird, which was also, like, that was, the, was those kids were definitely there for that. And those kids are a part of a class that, as a class, they kind of had to, like, because of the family of their class, mm. they had to, like, handle
1: well this is experience. the idea of like this immediate thing of like let's have the funeral like the idea of enacting mm-hmm. this the ritual of like mourning and Yeah. Wow. And we
0: didn't That's actually play out the funeral because I got just dist- like I got distracted and then mm-hmm. it went on and then afterwards they were like let's play it again. Mm-hmm. And another kid was like I want to be another daughter and like people were getting invested but it was fascinating because I was like well we can't redo this loop. Like
1: Right, this I'm not, not going to go back to the beginning, coming with my daughter and my baby seal and all that stuff. Well, I mean, I did do
0: that.
1: We did, <laughs> did, we did do that. start
0: that replay, but it was never going to become like this other kid that came we'll through the snake. We'll never recover the magic. Right, we won't ever the spontaneity. That. That's true, but this other kid isn't going to come back and be the snake. That was them just cruising through to play yeah. and be that kid and then go out and did their other thing. Yeah. And there was, yeah, so much spontaneity with it. But I do think they probably will continue to act out these big scenes of Mm. like, Oh, something crazy happens at the restaurant.
1: Um, there is a certain type of personality kid that wants to, and I think I was one of these and still am wants to interrupt the story with a, with a rogue idea. Gosh. You know, well, now the snake. You're like, "No, we we're playing restaurant and we we're ordering pizza and this is my daughter and we're just having a nice casual meal." It's like, "But the snake and blood." And you're like, "Okay, I guess."
0: <laughs> it was interesting. This it depends on the kid and it depends on the situation. I think entering into play is really complex for mm-hmm. children and adults. I think figuring out how to enter into play and play well is one of the best things you can do mm-hmm. as a person. That is what life is, and learning how to be yourself in play, to respect others in play, it's to be creative in play. It's all these, all these wonderful things are happening in it. And it's really challenging. Mm,
1: this is the juice. This right kid here. that jumped
0: in and was the snake. I was like, oh, I know this is a typical move of this kid in big games. He likes to be the fun, silly character, but he doesn't overplay it. He's mm. the silly kid, and then he goes and does other things, so it never gets too old my, because my, it's fun. My
1: job here is done, everybody. <laughs> I introduce a snake. <laughs> do what you will with that. You honestly, know, you're like, okay, thanks. Honestly, uh,
0: <laughs> I don't think he has that way of seeing it, but I do think <laughs> that is the role I sometimes play. I'm like, here he comes. <laughs> oh, it's so funny.
1: Low risk on his part, probably. Not as invested. Serious.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's just also, like, a fun, silly kid. He's like, oh, I'll do this fun thing. But he's not, like, not trying to, like, terrorize the game.
1: Right, I get that. Um,
0: But, yeah, so that, I don't know what that story play. So much is happening there. I mean, in the moment, it was so fun. I got immersed in that story. And reflecting on it is even more fun, honestly. Yeah. Because there is so much happening there in terms of, like, live improv Happening. It really and is. Like, it really is. I, was, I wasn't I was like big dramatic about my daughter dying, but I was like, my daughter died, you know? <laughs> and like, <laughs> meanwhile, I've got this baby around me.
1: My- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs>
0: oh, it's so fun. It's, it's really fun to be in those spaces. And I don't know. I think it's like play as therapy is, I think, a very something that needs to be brought more to the focus. Like I think play is one of the best free forms of therapy we have, if not the best.
1: Yeah. Well, I think this book I was reading probably has like the best and most definitive description of why that may be. And again, I'm not prepared to say exactly why, but like it has, it does have to do with our natural mind state as it comes out of the womb and into the world, starts to engage with, like again, yeah. like we can all imagine yeah. the internal versus the external. Yeah. The internal world is in many ways dismissed and not taken seriously. But it's mm. there. Oh our yeah. thoughts and our dreams and our images, they're all there, you know? And what's the source of creativity? What's the source of the things that happen in our world that are, you know, sources of of growth and creativity and help? Like yeah. Somebody needs to be, be able to teach you to take those internal thoughts and feelings seriously. Mm-hmm. I, um that's getting really serious about it, but <laughs> I mean, I do think there is some sort of seriousness. That's a funny word that we've settled <laughs> <said a> on. <lot. laughs> that's a whole episode. <laughs> what is what is serious? But um you take kids seriously.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, you, yeah. You,
1: you you really take kids seriously. I mean, I don't know. I know they exist. I'm I. I'm, I have to assume there are spaces in the world that exist that take kids even more seriously. But you take the kids the most seriously <laughs> in terms I of. I do. I really try. Not to. you, but not this, you. Do you do person, but but, school but hilltop. I, yeah, definitely does. Take kids very that seriously. That is, like,
0: the premise yeah. of
1: what the school is. That's so great. And, I, it may, again, it may, it's another little act of repentance on my part that I think I took my kids fairly seriously, and I think I was fairly playful. But I could have been much more playful, hmm. you know. Uh, Sometimes
0: I wonder if I'm going to, if I end up do having kids one day, if I will run out, I will have run out of juice. But I'm like, there's absolutely no way.
1: <laughs> I don't think you will. I don't think you can run out of juice if you think the <laughs> juice if you think the juice is important
0: <laughs> i think that's you true know?
1: like sometimes i think oh the juice was again like what we we're saying like extravagant or flippant and it's not actually that important and but if it I,
0: is so important it is
1: if i if i had the energy then that would be nice but i don't so we need to really focus on the most important thing which is disciplining my kids and make sure they act right
0: yeah yeah but
1: if I, if I had the emotional energy, maybe someday I could engage with them and play with them. It's like, actually, that's the most important That's so, the most important
0: thing you can't be doing. Yeah. By this, I'm currently reading a book about roughhousing.
1: I know. We should post about this because
0: Skull <laughs> has big feelings every day. I think it's so it.
1: cool. A little book that literally trains you how to roughhouse.
0: <laughs> it's so good. Also, families roughhouse with mm-hmm. your children. Mm-hmm. It's very good for them and you. Okay. I was
1: roughhoused with. In a very great way. It was probably my favorite way of bonding with my dad was wrestling. Yeah,
0: big but bonding. I didn't do
1: that well with my own kids. Again, physical.
0: Interesting. Physical. I don't
1: think my son Jack would have been interested in wrestling.
0: I bet Avery would have.
1: Avery would have, and we had moments. It wasn't consistent. I
0: would do like my dad. I would do like airplanes, like tricks with my dad. I did do, do that, that, that kind with Avery. of roughhousing yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: This has only this is set just, the table because yeah. we could go off on this whole hilltop vibe for a while i oh.
0: will put i will but put that the was down good for this. I that
1: was good thank you that, I think story? that story
0: it was so fun to play wow but that's that is this week i've been really leaning into the play but i do feel sometimes i am like exhausted from my job because oh i'm, just I'm so sure i'm too invested sometimes i'm but.
1: sure because the thing is it's like i think with natural play like if as especially as an adult, if you're going to say like I'm going to play tennis for two hours, or I'm going to have a podcast, but this is like eight hours. <laughs> I just gave a hundred and ten percent to that freaking pizza snake story, and I've got six hours left. <laughs> no,
0: well, that's not that's not the energy.
1: <laughs> well, I don't, that's how, that's my <laughs> that's projection of it.
0: <laughs> but I like I don't. I'm mostly saying that just because I'm about to say like I feel so like there was listening to a podcast of someone who does play therapy and he was like, I hate the word blessed Cause it just sounds bad. We're like lucky, but I just do feel like, Oh, I don't know how, like I got to be this person that gets to have this gold. Like this is gold. Well, you put, you put an
1: perfect. energy out into the universe and the universe said, here, come work. the held up. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, know, uh, I think we got a rumination coming.
0: Yeah, we have a rumination, and then
1: we'll I, we'll probably skip stories or journeys tonight.
0: Yeah, and then we'll just have we'll some conclude
1: with God some psychoanalysis. We will a
0: hundred percent have more on play.
1: <sighs> this is just the beginning. This I can tell we're beginning. both pretty jazzed about this topic. Okay, okay. When, when we buddy. come back,
0: we'll have a rumination. Here's our buddy here. <laughs> <laughs> we're just babies we're just babies man we're just babies we're just babies man we're just babies we're just babies man we're
2: just check babies, out, dude, check we're out, just babies check man every man's a planet and the props are there to get it And sexual together with the spirit in our orbit life it comes and goes and you do not punch a clock I don't take shit for granted I think of Scott Rock, also of Terrell and the battles at the borders my cousins in the joint and the homeless gripping quarters the forest are all shrieking to my don 't cover up happy. be happy with your kinking. I think the American teenager is a discursive construct. the American adolescent um, that 's actually one of my first surprising discoveries when I came to this country as a lowly, innocent uh, ruffian at the tender age of 18. <laughs> No, it's true. I feel like people here make a big deal out of being teenagers, like endless series of movies devoted to them. I feel like when I was growing up, no one really told me that, "Hey, you're a teenager." No one's like, hmm. "You're a teenager, and there's gonna be like talks aimed right at you, at a youth group." I also grew up going to church. There's a pastor whose job is to attend to you like it's a job category that's like how how kind of big how much of a thing american uh, you know like adolescence i feel like in our in not our in this in this economy um because like my my youth pastors or sunday school teachers when when I was in middle school and high school, they were like volunteers. <laughs> like, they were in no way trained in something called, what did you study, Scott? Youth pastorhood? Ministry. Youth Always. ministry. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I forgot that was a thing. Um, so it's interesting. When I first came here, it was its own thing. It had its own repertoire of, it has its own repertoire of like what you can expect from an, uh, teenagers that they're sullen and awkward and I was like I never knew that these things I mean I like I didn't I was like okay I guess this is how some like American teenagers are. Or, or like it's how teenagers are they would like take the American out because they're like well this is what all teenagers are like like and I was like I don't think so it's because you've been telling them um, so this might come as a surprise to some people who listen to this podcast, but teenagers make me nervous. They do. Uh, and especially when I see them at random places, right? I feel like, because I, I feel like this is not, we live, we will never tell you where we live, but we live at a pretty, like, this is kind of like a family neighborhood, but we, li- we live at the outer edges of it. Uh, And I go to, like, UW, right? So it's, like, and, and, you know, I don't go to bars, but whatever. Like, you don't see teenagers just walking around. Like, this is an Arcade Fire video. Um, (laughs) That reference is probably, like, what, 10 years late? Um, (laughs) So I think, uh, so sometimes when I I, uh, run into them out of context, right, I'll be, like, I get that there goes a teenager, uh, a wild specimen, <laughs> right? But w- once in a while, our, our paths would cross, and I would uh, stumble into this uh, mythological creature. Uh, and usually that's bef- when I go home from, uh, from my place of work, from school, and I would take this bus... Line. I'll never. It's also vague. vague. I mean, it can be any bus line, right? Uh, I could be zigzagging through any neighborhood. Uh, You know, you're in Seattle, so we know
1: that. Yeah, yeah. We're not
2: in New York. I'm. I'm afraid. Um, So I would take this bus, and it would be kind of like you know. Sometimes I would try to go home like a little early, so as not to like, uh, like have the bus be too crowded. And sometimes it would be, like, around, like, 3.30 or 4. And it's, like, I'm just going to work P. somewhere. PM. PM. Oh. Okay. Um, could a. M. It could be AM. Uh, you don't know. <laughs> uh, well, it, well, all I'm saying is that th- this bus line always, like... uh Yeah. Like, always gets a high school group around this time. And because it stops, uh, like, at this bus stop, and it's close to a high school, which will n- not be named. <laughs> um, and it's never just, like, one or two, right? It's, like, 20. Like, 20 teenagers at the same time, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you get the bus with, like, the... Uh, with like I don't know, like, there's, there's, like, the longer bus, there's, like, an accordion in the middle, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you get a smaller bus. And what's so fascinating is, like, I feel like when we were about to go to that stop, like, the adults in the bus kind of, like... Here it is, <laughs> like they're they, I sort they they stand up and then they move, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm like, they know. Yeah, it's like kind of for me, like okay, and this like horde of teenage of of like kids would like come up and usually they would occupy the middle, and sometimes I'm like, some days I I just feel like I don't need to move like the, like they're not gonna do anything. I'm doing my own thing, <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I was always kind of like Ugh. I, s- I am pretty sure at one point someone just like decided like this is where I'm gonna go like I'm just gonna get off here and I think that guy decided to walk home mm. and God knows where his home is right it could be like at the other end of the bus like he could be like walking and like be run over by a car <laughs> <laughs> like because he saw those teenagers and he was like I'd rather risk my life than be in this bus. And I was like, what is happening right now, right? So I'm pretty sure if you trace it, there are people who are now dead because they refuse to be on a bus with teenagers. (laughs) So, okay, all I'm saying is, and but you know like things like r- r- rub off on you is that the thing is that what what it means okay i would because sometimes i, I would be so self conscious right i mean like okay i guess these are the teenagers and i'm like surrounded by them like 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 surrounded by them and they would be like talking to their friends and i would be like i would always get so self conscious right uh you might not know this because, because no one Listeners' to podcast has ever seen me uh i think this no uh, this podcast i think does a great job of like concealing my true identity um and and I, I, I look young for uh as a person i get mistaken. Uh, at one point, I used to get mistaken when I was 18 as a middle schooler by another middle schooler, by the way, which was, I think, had that, that, had, that has more creds than if I was mistaken by an older person, right? And I still get sometimes mistaken for a high schooler. Uh, so I always kind of like try to... I need to... On the one hand, I was like, I need to distinguish myself. Be I need to look sophisticated. So sometimes I would... Get whatever book I have from my, from my, from my, from um, my backpack, and it could be anything. Say, race and the education of desire, Foucault's history of sexuality, and the colonial order of things. Right? Of I mean, it can be anything. It can be anything. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I mean, an and I would like hold it like against me, and I can't read on the bus because I get nauseous. You <laughs> just pull it out. Yeah, I just pull it out and I hold it because I would be like. Those teenagers would be uh, repelled by the sophisticated interpretation of Foucault. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't care at all. they don't care, right? I was like, "They don't care. I'm distinguishing myself. By the way, this is also sometimes how I establish dominance <laughs> in a class is I would go to the library, take like 10 random books, and I would bring them, and I would pretend like I'm reading them. This is so, this wow. so, much sense. so these books, like, emit kind of like <laughs> some kind of distance, and like, oh, he's being withholding right
1: this is, a, is this a four energy right
2: here yes and I mean I can I can right but I think on the w- other hand I was like I want them to think that I am also cool yes of course I know like I feel oh, like The guy that
1: reads Foucault
2: I Mars. know uh-huh. I know there was like finally someone who puts Foucault in conversation with the colonial <laughs> archive right <laughs> like finally someone who doesn't situate him just in a line of other white deconstructivist guys. (laughs) No, but I'm serious. I want them to think I'm cool. true. I know. I think teenagers don't realize the power they have over adults. First, adults want to... You can kill them by driving them off the bus. Uh, And you, you don't know. Sometimes... You, they, because I feel like this is the the thing, right? You're like supposed to <laughs> be a I should stand, I should stand more. Yeah. Uh you're supposed to be like from zero to eighteen, you're supposed to be a particular thing. And then like the moment you turn eighteen, they're kind of like good luck. Right? And I'm just like nothing happens when you turn eighteen. Like nothing happened, True. right? You're you're still like vulnerable, you're still kind of you still want people to think you're cool. And then after 18, you're supposed to, like, what, be an adult? And then, like, what, get married? And it's, like, this is, like, the worst...
1: Have heterosexual
2: sex. Yeah, like, I know. Like, this is, like, the worst <laughs> design of, of like, anything. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I just feel like... I don't know. I feel like sometimes I feel some kind of, like, affinity to, towards these teenagers. these Because I feel like, oh, they probably... Like, I don't know. I don't know how, maybe they were like, oh, there's an adult. I hope adults think I'm cool. And also, by the way, those people who got off the bus, I feel like, did they ever think about, like, how these teenagers must feel? Like, it's like someone sees you and is like, I'd rather risk getting run over by a car.
0: What if it was their stop?
2: I don't think it's true. (laughs) Right, <laughs> and I'm like, they're probably like, Oh, I hope that that adult doesn't. It's because I'm a teenager that they want to get off, right? And meanwhile, I'm here, I'm just like, I hope they think I'm cool. <laughs> so, I think the message that I want to get out through this uh, ruvenation. Ru- um, well, I guess my name is in the mm-hmm. so these people know my name, yeah, they know your name, okay? Well, I, I guess it's in the in this <laughs> name of the segment is that we want uh, you have some some power. I want I want you th- I w- I want them to think that I'm cool. So I don't know who's going to see me, <laughs> but the next teenager who sees me, if you're listening to this, should kind of like ruin. I think you're cool, and I'll be like I also think you're cool. That's good. And there That's is going to be a sweet fun. moment of recognition. That's it. <laughs>
1: This is a psychoanalysis th- section.
0: Everybody, we're back for our final section after that reuvenation. We've had another long break in between.
1: <laughs> Lots of m- clips and conversations. Um, I think this book... Got will, rid a book. Th- I did, and I think it will be a guide, uh, uh, not necessarily that we use to dictate our own thoughts, but like as an inspiration for playful conversation. And this is about play. And Donald Winnicott, I encourage you to all look him up He's a
0: psychoanalyst,
1: psychoanalyst, but with Think children that? in particular. Yeah. And so all of his work had to do with children and parenting and stuff like that. Um, but play was his big thing. And he I'm trying to sum up a big thought, but he viewed play as a sign of thriving, essentially. That's my hmm. quickest way to hmm. describe it. But um,
0: uh, that's an interesting thought.
1: I think in this section, what I want to say, and this is, this is the journey I've been on, it's, it's, it's in this point in my life sort of my thing. And I might move on eventually, but maybe I won't. Maybe it will always be my thing. Especially when we talk about Christianity and this sense of worship. Yeah. Um, the, the space I'm in is that essentially the worship spaces that we create or the gathering spaces we create should resemble, in my opinion... Uh, in terms of where I'm at now in my life, the space that one is trying to create in in psychoanalysis, which is it's a space where one feels utterly accepted Mm -hmm. for their whole self. So no thought is unacceptable. There's no thing that you can bring into this space that doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like it can be presented and this space can handle that and manage that. Mm -hmm. Um, At least that's my layman's lay person's that makes sense and i yeah. can
0: see that as coming through because in because in order community.
1: for you to deal with yourself you need to be honest with yourself yeah so this t- might
0: as well just all be freaking honest together yeah and be like oh yeah we're all out here trying to figure it out and we're all so convoluted in so many ways
1: yeah so i've tried to say like obviously we all know that in therapy you're going to say things that you would never ethically want your therapist to repeat anywhere yeah and it would be ethically inappropriate. Yeah. But the idea is that if you had feelings about wanting to kill someone, you, you're able to deal with that mm-hmm. in therapy mm-hmm. and say it out loud and talk about it so, so that it doesn't happen. But it's too, it's too bad. I think in a Christian setting especially, like we have these unmentionable things. Mm-hmm. And so they can never get dealt with.
0: Yeah, that's true. On a
1: much smaller scale, I mean, I went to to the furthest extreme, but
0: well, I mean, I don't know. It makes me think. Like, I do think that <laughs> I'm not someone to be like, I want to kill that person. It just doesn't come out of my mm-hmm. brain, and it's not something. Maybe that's deep down, and maybe one day I'll explore that, and that will actually be something that comes up. But I, I think that we have a safe space even in our home. I like the way that that way of thinking of like. Anything goes. We all know this is you like do. a safe do that. space where, like, you can let it out and be free. And like, we all know like who we are, and we know like the people that we are. And that when we're saying things, that it's like, it's because I want to have the freedom to say these thoughts out loud. You I'm,
1: know? I'm, I'm only just barely getting comfortable with it. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> in this house. In
1: this house, like, I meaning like I've always been comfortable in the sense that like I've been sort of enamored with it yeah like but but i've always had a hard time participating in immersing and trusting and so it is it is fun to like really start to develop a trust with the whole with the vibe whole openness yeah but um yeah i mean on a smaller scale if you, like for example in my house growing up it was inappropriate to say hate like i hate you and yeah it's like, oh we don't say hate
0: it's really interesting. I said hate the other day in the classroom and someone was like, you said a bad word. And I was like, oh,
1: really? Yeah. Uh, a bad word. Actually,
0: I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't think we should be sheltered from that word. It's not necessarily bad. Like yeah, if
1: I said to my mom growing up, I hate you. And, sh- and my mom was like, what do you mean by that? Why, why? Let's talk about it. You know, but it was like, Oh, we don't say hate, you know? And it's like, yeah, well, whatever was trying to come up, got shut down. And
0: yeah, yeah, um, totally. Yeah. So,
1: I think Donna Winnicott especially is, is using this concept of play and it's not how we've necessarily been using it throughout this episode. Cause I think it, it can apply to all sorts of different elements right. of our life. Like right. there's the idea of getting lost in play, which could be creativity and artistic expression and sports. But in terms of psychoanalysis and I guess in terms of conversation and what I've been learning is like, we can recreate the spirit of psychoanalysis wherever we want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be strictly like I can create a container a container, so to speak, in a conversation with a friend. And I think as a sexual type, I'm very interested in doing this. Yeah. Where you can say whatever you need to say. Right. And I'm going to be interested in it. Right. And I don't even have to fake it because I'm actually interested in it. But the whole this whole validation and structure around this idea is very appealing to me. I mean, I could say it in a selfish way in terms of like, I just want to know people, so this gives me a mechanism. To know them. But if it if it also provides a something helpful and healthy for someone, then amazing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So I'll just read this little section for an opportunity. I I have a few little sections that maybe we'll read and riff on, but this is his chapter. There's so much that we're not going to get into about the transitional object and stuff like that. I know, I know.
0: There's so much psychoanalyst Mm -hmm. going on.
1: Yeah. So here's what he says. He says, when I come to state my thesis, I find as so often that it is very simple and that, not, and that not many words are needed to cover the subject. Psychotherapy takes a place. Okay, let me, let me say this again. Psychotherapy takes place in the overlap of two areas of playing. So we are you following so far? Mm-hmm. That of the patient and that of the therapist. Psychotherapy has to do with two people playing together. The corollary of this is that where playing is not possible... Then the work done by the therapist is directed towards bringing the patient from a state of not being able to play into a state of being able to play. Hmm. It's as simple as that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. What is? What do you think he means by a state of play?
1: Oh, it's a great question. <laughs> it's it's the it's the thing that I'm barely on the fringe of understanding and being able to articulate, but. If you think of you and me talking right here, everybody, Macy and I are at a table. Yep. There is a physical and metaphorical space that exists between the two of us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And everybody, I'm going to try to explain it here and then I'm going to come back someday with a better understanding. Play go, part two. Everybody can go look up Winnicott and find out for yourself, but I guess you're listening in real time. But, um, Essentially, what we're, you and I are dealing with right here and right now is, again, my internal world mm-hmm. and your internal world, mm-hmm. and then the external world of our conversation. Okay. So we're trying to create a space where, and this is my words, the two can sort of merge.
0: The internal worlds can merge.
1: Yeah. It's appropriate yeah. for me to bring my internal world out
0: uh-huh. and have
1: it validated and seen and taken seriously, maybe is the word. Okay. Not necessarily validated, but like...
0: Serious? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I can... <sighs> yeah. This has to do with this sort of early childhood thing of like the external internal object. Okay. But as it progresses into adulthood, it seems that um there is a necessity to take the internal world seriously... And have somebody, whether it's a therapist or a friend,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, listen and attend to it and be able to play with that. I mean, it goes back to this idea that we were talking about even in our interview with Peter Rawls about parapraxis, like the feelings and things that are seeping out are saying something to you. Yeah. So don't dismiss them. Learn to take them seriously. And
0: This is interesting because he's mostly, he's primarily working with children. Mm-hmm. So then that just shows up in the form of what we would like consider like call play. Yeah. But it's interesting when you think of apply that to adulthood it may not look as much like what we would call play but when you go to because you see a psychoanalyst, yes. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does it... But I don't do psychoanalysis meaning... That's true. But I think real psychoanalysis is like three to four consecutive days in a row for a long period of time. Yeah. And then you really get to the bottom of things. I mean, my... Therapist and I are always lamenting this idea that like the momentum is always lost after a week. Yeah, you know, we but can hardly it's remember. It's interesting because I
0: would have a hard time looking at that and being like that is play. Not that I would say it's not play, but I wouldn't look at it and play would come up as one of my words that first popped into mm. my brain. But when we see children, it shows up. I think probably in a very different way. It's probably more abstract and it is through play. Yeah. The, the, I would be very fascinated what the relationship between a psychoanalyst and the child is.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know about child anymore. I'm talking about probably an adult patient. But, but, like, the way Winnicott explains it is the way he would structure his meetings with parents and a kid who was, like, I, I don't know what he, word he'd use, in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, um, not doing well or concerns, is that he would schedule a meeting with the mother and the kid. And he would quote unquote play with both simultaneously. So he'd be interviewing the mother while simultaneously observing the child and how the child played with in and, and and took up space while he was talking to the mother. Mm-hmm. So like he's talking to the mother, asking questions, a series of interview questions, and then watching out of the corner of his eye, like how's the kid the
0: kid, and, the kid's just in a different spot. Playing. And if the
1: kid comes up and says, "What's this toy?" He'd stop the interview with the mom and be like, "What's oh, this? Why don't you try this?" And then, kind of in the corner of the I'd be like, "What's the kid doing? How's how are they responding to this? Why are they, you know?" That was his way of handling it.
0: This is, I now just want to read this book and read. Oh,
1: it's story. so interesting. Yeah. So I think.
0: But then he would. But you would have to have like continued sessions.
1: He does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're we're right at now. You and I are at the the cusp of like what we're able to could, like talk about in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is this <laughs> is know? the.
0: I know. I I feel like I'm intrigued and I'm fascinated. Psycho psychoanalysis is. I'm very intrigued by it, but I am also. I think it's really good, but there's part of me that's like, I don't know. I wonder about it.
1: Well, so I think the thing that's so compelling to me and, and now we're like really taking a, a big left turn into a different realm. It's like there's sports and play and rules and getting lost in creativity and role playing and all that with kids and stuff. And then there's this idea of psychoanalysis. Right. And I do think it's a, again, a container. You know, there there may be a certain way to, to uh, b- exist out in the world, but for psychoanalysis to work, you need to create... A set of rules, yeah. essentially. No, it, and the rules are here. Anything goes. Yeah, all the uh, all the things that you, all of the uh, uh, like cultural expectations and rules and morality. It's all out the window here. You can say anything. In order for it to work, you need to feel comfortable. Yeah, like which s- is I mean, screaming out. I hate you, even to the analysis uh, analyst. And they're like, "That's okay here. You can say that. Yeah. You know, here you can say that. In other, in all other parts of society, you're not allowed to. Yeah. You know, but um,
0: I can see how it it can be described as play.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it it really defen- de- like depends on our definition of play, right? I
0: know, which is probably a very loose definition of play. <laughs> um, I'm getting there.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm hardly there. I'm. I mean, I don't quite. Um. I just, creased, I just creased a few other little places just like to give us a space to converse. But um, Okay, so let's just see. I'll read this and see what we can do with it. He says, I can now restate what I'm trying to convey. I want to draw attention away from the sequence psychoanalysis, psychotherapy, play materially playing, and to set this up again the other way around. In other words, it is play that is the universal and that which belongs to health. Playing facilitates growth and therefore health. Playing leads into group relationships. Playing can be a form of communication and psychotherapy. And lastly, psychoanalysis has been developed as a highly specialized form of playing in the service of communication with oneself and others. Hmm. The natural thing is playing and the highly sophisticated 20th century phenomenon is psychoanalysis. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I I am like completely confused what his definition of play is then.
1: I know. This is so good that I you're saying I'm that. Confused. It's so good that you're saying that because I'm slightly confused. And the only thing that I can do is something that's been reading this this week. It's something that sort of swims in these waters lightly and hasn't been formally trained <laughs> is I I'll i say it again. We're, we're talking about the idea of, of creating a container. Yes. You can talk about it with this podcast. Talking about the idea of you, like you and Matthew going out for coffee, we're creating a container where, and this again, this involves a lack of a description of a ba- a bunch of fun foundational principles. Yeah, the, all of the societal um, uh, constraints yeah. are put to the side. I get that. Yeah, there's no. I get
0: that, but I've never said that that was how I define play. Uh, what defined play? As. And I
1: think that's how he's defining play.
0: Right. Like Which it's I
1: imagination. Think... It's like it's like this thing with your kids where well, it's like yeah. we're creating a space where this is real, a new reality yeah. where a snake can come in.
0: I can see that. I'm not fully. I'm not fully sold on that definition.
1: Oh well, you don't have to be fully sold in order to understand it.
0: No, and I I kind of understand it, but I it's taking me a bit to get there. And I can see it's like you play a soccer game. You are putting the rules of society to the side kind of. But
1: ultimately, all the way because those those rules don't exist outside of that structure.
0: That's not true. If I and you <laughs> even in the psychoanalytic field that's not necessarily true. Like if I murdered you, if I killed you like you're you're never going to escape the rules of society because you would be, like, in trouble. Like, if I'm playing soccer, I'm still pertaining to the rules of society. Like, I'm still thinking about, like, those the ways I... Like, if I respond when I score a goal, am I showing off too much with my excitement? Should I not be too quiet about my excitement? That's going on in my head. Those rules are still applying.
1: But the rules to the game and, and the creation of soccer came out of... An imagination.
0: That's true. I agree. Yeah.
1: So for that to arise and to exist, there needed to be space to allow it to happen. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's the idea of play.
0: Okay. <laughs> I just think I'm confused how he's saying psychoanalysis is play. <sighs> I'm not saying it's not, but it seems like he's defining like this as the ultimate play.
1: I'm trying to take a person seriously who's done this their whole life. I don't know. I mean... I
0: don't know either. I think I'm mostly just confused.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is good. I'm confused too. That's the sad thing about this whole thing. Like, I'm not somebody that represents Winnicott and has the absolute solution. I mean, maybe in terms of my understanding of it is... I mean, do you... So, so here's another way of understanding it. Like, we have an internal world that to a certain extent for our own personal self is more real Than the external world. Yes. For ourself. Okay. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense to me. Like
1: I have feelings, memories, thoughts, realities. Yes. That are all there. That are every day constantly, almost exclusively trying to conform to an outer reality that may or may not merge well with my inner reality, Mm -hmm. you know? And so he's saying, I think, and somebody could be listening to this and be like, he does not understand when it got... (laughs) or psychoanalysis, (laughs) Um, we need to create a space where those thoughts and feelings are taken very seriously.
0: I agree. Like, I
1: have this sense. I have this memory. I have this feeling. I have this sensation. I have a dream. It's like, well, that dream isn't real. Like, what's real is you woke up this morning at 6 a.m., you got to get to work. It's like, but I had this dream that I was flying. Ah, that's not real. It's like, that dream is as real as anything. Who's telling you that it's not real? Almost everybody, everywhere. You know what I mean? Like we don't we don't allow these this we don't allow the internal world to be taken seriously. So in terms of play, I can come into a, in a psychoanalysis situation and be like, I mean, it, it seems, and I've never experienced this, but the most extreme situations is like, like I even posted about this on our Instagram, like hysterics, like right? I'm feeling like screaming. I'm feeling like cussing out my psychoanalysis. Yeah. Like I'm feeling like the world is coming to an end. Well, the world isn't actually coming to an end. Look at what's happening. It's like, no, no, but that's, that's the internal world. Like I'm having images of the You're world exploding yeah. and fire. It's like fire. And that's what do you like mean? What's
0: leaking out in play? And this is like, in some way, this is just letting it all be out. and
1: fire. Yeah. And playing with it of like, I mean, if you if you were to say that, I mean, in my understanding, too, is, like, the analyst is supposed to provide a space where they are out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're supposed to take everything you say very seriously. So it's not like, well, let me tell you what, why you're feeling that and why you're thinking that. And I'm going to remain calm. And, um, I mean, Winnicott was also talking about this idea of, like, if if somebody's coming into... A therapeutic session with this baggage of always needing to please someone. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm now I'm recreating that situation with the analyst. Like, look at all the good work I've been doing in my therapy. Aren't you proud? And the analyst goes, "You've been doing so great." And they're like, "Oh, good." So you're just mm-hmm. recreating the situation they're in everywhere <laughs> else, and they're not really growing.
0: But the analyst would do something different.
1: You got to say to say, "I've been growing so much in therapy," and the analyst goes, "Oh, interesting." Why, why do you think that? You know. Yeah. Well, because of this. Hmm. Okay. How does that make you feel? You know, it's just like continuing to sort of remain neutral almost. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it is. You don't like that? You want somebody like good job?
0: No, I do like that. I. This all just is. I. I think I need to have my own experience with this. In read it myself if Mm -hmm. that makes sense i it does make sense (laughs) 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 this makes i i understand that as being what a psychoanalyst job is is to do that and i think that that's good and i i'm i just think that this i this is giving me a different way to think about play
1: It, it gives you a twist on what you think of psychoanalysis
0: Maybe okay. Is this is this is okay? A question that okay. I do have: Is Winicott is Winicott saying that this play is different than psycho and psychoanalysis, or it is?
1: Again, I'm 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 not the best interpreter of this. I'm I'm trying to guess, maybe describe something that was exciting to me, but that is beyond my grasp, so to speak. But what I was reading was exciting. And maybe it's something that I continue to be interested in recreating in my daily life. I personally, I could say it this way, and you don't have to agree with this. I personally would love to create a container in conversations with people that I care about where people can say what they need to say.
0: I think so. I feel like you do. I feel like we, I feel like I, and maybe I think you do too. We have spaces where this is happening outside of psycho analysis yeah but that's what's tying me up is this idea of like psychoanalysis having to be this one thing and being like oh all these days in a row it's like i think that the work of psychoanalysis can happen in our daily lives with our people around us
1: well that's the whole point of this conversation yeah. That's the whole point. It's like, Ugh. that's the whole point of everything I've been saying about Peter Rollins and everything. It's like Peter Rollins whole work is saying we can take the spirit of psychoanalysis and apply it to worship and conversations and daily interactions.
0: Yeah. And yeah. of
1: course, maybe there's something significant and special and unique. About that, that only happens, That's happens. very specific But we can container. still take. Yeah.
0: Gosh. <laughs> My brain is being weird right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I will say having done therapy now and and i continue to do it i am aware of where i'd like to be and the work i have to do to get there yeah meaning i watch the guy who i meet with every week and i watch he 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 has like a master level skill i don't know what word you want to use like he's so present he's so neutral and 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 I think most if any if any sort of psychoanalysis psychoanalyst was listening they'd be like well you're not supposed to remain neutral like we're essentially supposed to use our dynamic right. to drive the session so it's not like he's neutral but he's he takes me so seriously yeah so I think in general maybe I'm a little uh, uh, because it's something that I care about I, I perhaps might be slightly better than the average joe average Jane, (laughs) at like listening to people or creating container. But I know I have massive tics that show despite my desire to listen, I'm twitching, I'm staring off, I'm being fidgety, I'm slightly pushing back the tone of my voice is conveying or revealing that I actually disagree rather than really creating a space where I, I give so much space to that person's thoughts and feelings. Because the idea is that... Yeah, but that's really... Okay, they, no, they're not even in touch. They're not even in touch. They don't know.
0: Who? The... The
1: person being analyzed, like or the person that's in therapy.
0: But, okay, but that's really interesting. Okay, that's fascinating you describing the psychoanalyst of having maybe psychoanalyst, whatever, doing this work of holding that space for that person to be whatever. Because then the psychoanalyst is doing all this work on their own of remaining neutral, whatever, heavy mm. quotes of whatever neutral is. Like, they themselves are hiding and having to do all these things to protect their ego self in that situation so yeah. that the other person can be out. Like, it's what would happen if both were in that, like...
1: Well, that's why I say it sounds like play. Again I, again, I have to say I am not in any way speaking as a trained professional or anybody that's even done... <laughs> I'm reading books, but it, it sounds to me that like it is a, it is play. Like sometimes the therapist has to say, Hey, right now I have to pretend to be the mother. That happens.
0: Know,
1: it sounds like it. And, oh, and scold the patient.
0: See, I, that, that to me, that makes it all make so much more sense to me. Right.
1: Than just yeah. plain neutral. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's play. I think sometimes it's like the analyst has to introduce a thought very strategically. I mean, Winnicott talks about this like after listening to this and this and this, I very slowly thought, now is the time to introduce that thought and to see what happens. But it was yeah. a risk and I introduced it and here's what happened and Okay,
0: um, that uh, <laughs> I don't know why my brain really got blocked for a second.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> so interesting sorry though, right? World. <laughs> oh
0: gosh. Okay, any other
2: thoughts? No.
0: <laughs> we will a hundred percent be back on this topic, and we'll have. I'll have more thoughts. Got a lot more thoughts about plan when I got in. Just other thoughts on agree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Any, anything else? I think we did it. Flax and rings on the fingers And fond of the thing Hollywood, glee, no mama, no James Harden D Weak niggas he with peak Followers just like me I lost my phone and consequently all the fellas I coughed for my GF, my hands was on the wings I took a off, how the story careened against the bars My canteen was full of the poison I need. The trip is long and steep My innocence was <laughs> lost in the East I missed the thick exhaust. I can hit the horn and beat, mention my sentence strong, we all that we need, but don't call me brother no more, I keep my sentences short, stack Pendleton, keep me warm in the winter, soupies cup, not hitting the floor, new rebuttals for the city, boy, who would truly love a visit from us, my soul and my heart, all in it, keep fishing, God.